Episode 15 of This Is Us 2 is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's the best place to discover new makeup, uncover some confidence, and heck, have some fun with some color. So go to MinuteWithMary.com or search the hashtag MinuteWithMary on Facebook or Instagram to start the road to a new you. I think that every single couple has a handful of these moments when you reach a crossroads. Sometimes it happens early on, the first fight. Sometimes it happens 10 years in when you've had the same fight about taking out the trash every night for a week. They're make or break these moments. And you either, <laughs> you either roll up your sleeves and you fight what you've got or you decide that you're tired and you give up. And I had one of these moments when I didn't make Shelly her coffee. From Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to This Is Us Too. It's a podcast dedicated to This Is Us on NBC, so sit back, relax, and let's all have a good cry. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. And uh, my name is Blake. And I'm happy to report that I will always make my wife coffee every single morning that I get a chance to. If I, if the kids don't keep me up all night, <laughs> I'm right? happy to make my wife coffee. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you do. That's my job. I love it. That's it's what I'm delicious. Here for. And I am the coffee man. So if there's ever one person on this planet to, to do it, it's my profession outside of podcasting. Of course. Yeah, outside of out of uh, podcasting, you actually do make coffee. Every and day. you smell delicious. It's part of the reason <laughs> that attracted me to you. hi You know, I'll say, um, watching this episode, <clears throat> it reminded me why I love This Is Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's This Is Us can be very campy, and it can be very melodramatic, um, maudlin at times. But there are moments that keep me engaged with it that are very real. And uh, and also scare me mm-hmm. at times. Um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily one particular thing in this episode that I related to. It's more of a feeling that I have. Okay. I remember when Mary and I got married, We, I made a promise to her that I would never be that person. We should, we should never be that couple that sits at the, a restaurant looking everywhere else except each other and not talking to each other. Because y'all have seen those people at the restaurants. You've right. seen it. And it's just one of those things that I've been very sensitive to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I when we're at dinner, I, I try my absolute hardest to not have my phone out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard because we run a digital business. So when it comes to podcasting and Mary does Minute with Mary and, and, and all these other things that we do, it's hard to not have your phone. But I try my damnedest to not have it out. So we don't end up becoming that couple that is at the dinner table looking at their cell phones and forgetting the fact that they're actually having a communal experience. <laughs> Together. Do you know, and that really, truly does scare me. Uh mm-hmm. As a married man, 
and you know that kind of relates to to what uh, your boy here is talking about, uh, Miggy. Um, <laughs> and also, I will say this too. This also kind of this also kind of scares me too, uh, because what Jack did for Rebecca was so special. Yes, it was, and so over the top. When are you going to bring me to an old apartment with Christmas lights? And that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that I'm not willing to do it. It's not that I don't want to do it. Of course, I, I want to make my wife happy all the time. But it's like, man, the show sets the bar so high, and. It's like, why couldn't I th- thought of that? You know, or why it, it just, I, I, I've said a number of times, it, this show kind of propels me to want to be a better husband and to be a better dad. And it's, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. But it's like, man, Jack, come on. I love Jack. Like, what are we doing here? Come on now. It really does make me feel inadequate sometimes. It does, but it's a in a a good good way. way. Exactly. It's kind of like it's almost like turning the light on something. Like, hey, when is the last time you've surprised you know your wife with a really romantic gesture? I'm not calling you out. You just had surgery. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. But you know what I mean? It's like that's what these episodes they get you. Right. You're just coming along, and then suddenly it like gives you the one-two punch, and you're like, God, I need to call my mom, or I need to do something romantic. I need so, to go rent my old apartment in Providence. Uh, right. Put Christmas lights all over. All it, over the place. So uh, break the bathroom. Let's get into the show. Tell me a little bit about this episode. All right. Uh, title was called "I Call Marriage," and we all know why now, because your girl Beth was calling marriage to Randall to make yes. sure that he went to the chess tournament. Mm-hmm. The director was George Tillman, who directed The Game Plan, and the writer was uh, uh, a woman called Kay Eugen. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. Kay, if you're listening and I screwed it up, I'm very sorry. Kay is, is actually a staff writer on the show, and she's a story editor for all of the episodes. Mm-hmm. We've actually talked about what story editors are and also what staff writers are uh, for this show. But as a brief reminder, a staff writer is just someone who uh, works with the writers, as does a story editor. It's like your first foray, or it's your first step into becoming a credited writer on a television show or or in a in a film. So that is that. My darling, what is your lemonade rating for I Call Marriage? I'm going to give this episode a 4.7. Wow, you just changed that last minute. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about it, and there were a couple of things that bothered me about this episode, but most of it was just like the train. The train is moving. You are feeling that the episode, the season is now in its downward spin, not not in a bad way, but you just know that the season's really ramped up and and the trains are going. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I just changed it. The more I've thought about this episode, I just just bumped it up a couple of points. How about you? Yeah, I'm in the same area where I was last episode, which I'm giving it a four and a half. I I could probably go even down to like a 4.3, 4.4 area, but I'm going to be kind about it. Um, I think this episode is spot on on a number of things, and maybe because I related to it in a lot of different ways as a married man um, and what it takes to maintain a marriage mm-hmm. and not just maintain it, but but to supplement a great marriage. Uh, it's very hard to supplement a great marriage. Uh, and of course, if you have a great marriage, it's, it's, it's great, but the upkeep is is 
you know, you work, you, you do roll up your sleeves, you do what you, you got to do and you, and you, and you do your best. So because of that, I'm, I was very positive with this episode, but there was just a couple of things in here. I think <laughs> again, we're going to be on the same page, uh, why it was not. Okay. So, so what's your GBG? Time for the GBGs, the good, the bad, the greats in this episode. My good was Kevin remembering all the little things you know, about the relationship down to the, what was it, lava fries? Oh, yes. With Sophie. I can even, I love how he fought, not fought, but begged that couple to get the booth back. Mm-hmm. And how as he gets back on the train and the train stops, he sits next to her and says, you know, I know you're nervous. You're biting your nails. And I know that you don't like small spaces. So I'm just going to let you know that, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I really loved seeing the side of Kevin. Sure. That he in many ways has come off very callous and one dimensional and like self-absorbed. I mean, he's very obviously, you know, he's, he's on TV and he cares a lot about his body and himself and he thinks highly of himself, Mm -hmm. but really there's this person inside who thinks the world of Sophie and remembers the most minuscule details about her. And is also very insecure. Yes, exactly. Like very insecure about himself. And I think his love life, mm -hmm. like we thought it was one thing and now he's showing us it's completely different. So I'm Mm -hmm. loving that. My bad was Sanjay's smirks. I'm just all set with Sanjay (laughs) and just like his, his little slithering sneaking in. I get it. Trust me. I get it. And to be honest, like as Randall's boss, I would, I would be asking for somebody to help him by this point. Um, but Sanjay just needs to like tone down the smirks. I want to say, I would say that he is a dingleberry, but he's not a dingleberry. You want to know why? Because he's, he's too smart. He's, he's too smart. smart. He, well, you don't want to know what he is? What? He's a Slytherin. You're a wizard, Harry. Sanjay is such a Slytherin. Mm-hmm. <gasps> he totally is. So I'm all set with Sanjay smirks. And then my great for this episode was Jack renting their old apartment, <sighs> putting in all the effort, putting in those Christmas lights. Y'all know I love Christmas. So you throw in a little Christmas light flare. <laughs> you got me. But it was just so sweet. You know, it just, and and even in the moment before where Rebecca really stood up for her marriage and, you know, called her bandmate out. I just, but Jack finding the way to get that apartment for the night. That was my great. How about you? What was your GBT? Here's, here's a quick tidbit for you listeners. Mary and I have had two apartments together. One, when we first got married, we were living on Federal Hill, like the Italian section of Providence. Yeah. And then we had another one in the old section of Providence on the east side. And the house was built in like 1911 and the whole thing was falling apart. And yep. it was a, So my love, and the one, on the, uh, the one on Federal Hill was brand new. We were the first people to live in that apartment. We were. Which would you prefer I go back to to rent for a night? The old crummy one. The old crummy one? Yes. How come? Oh my God. I'm getting a little TMI right now. Okay, what do you got? Even though it was like the newly married in Atwell's, um, that wonderful Italian place uh, apartment, being engaged was so difficult. that yeah. I have a lot of bad it, not by you but yeah, just no, by no. dealing just with the, uh, the, the situation po- politics the politics of planning a wedding Ugh. that really means you're planning a party for people other than you I'm not getting emotional I have a frog in my throat um, but I associate that old, that other apartment the newer apartment with a lot of tough difficult conversations while we planned a party mm-hmm. for a bunch of people who don't even like me so, aka <laughs> a bunch of people, a bunch of people who we don't talk to no more <laughs> right my goodness so yeah the the old crummy apartment would be where my heart would be at if you had to rent one. And the funny thing is, is what the old crummy apartment is when we had our, our first child. Yeah. And that, I think that that's a huge thing. That's so. a, that is a big that's- thing. Okay. My good was 
the writers starting the payoff for Randall and what Beth said was his only fault, which is that pursuit of perfection. And, you know, Randall very well may be adjusted and trying to keep his family together and keep his marriage just right, saving his dad and, you know, even upholding all of the Pearson family traditions and, and even baggage that the Pearsons have as a result of everything. But Randall can only do so much. And you're starting to see the effects of that. Yep. His hand shaking at the end of the episode. You see him falling apart a little bit. And I don't think that Randall's fault is per- the pursuit of perfection. I actually think it's the fact that Randall can't let go. Randall cannot let go. He cannot let go for the search of his father. He cannot let go of finding his father and then having to say goodbye to him. He can't let go of old family issues. He can't let go of trying to be the best. I think that's his issue. Not necessarily being perfect, but letting go. My bad. I, like, do we even need to say his dreaded name? Oh my God. What a dink. What a freaking uh, dank duke. That guy, that jabroni. That jabroni. And that cheesy freaking ending of the episode. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, there's there's a lot of bad things on this planet. There's a lot of bad things. But there are fewer bad things than faux drama, <laughs> in my opinion. Faux drama really sucks. And what the writers have done with Kate and this faux drama is really bringing the show down. And it's leaving a really bad taste in my mouth. And they've even made her, when you start putting all of these things together throughout the whole season so far, they're making Kate borderline unlikable, in my opinion. Like, borderline unlikable. I don't know. I, I just... I just had like an amazing experience with her in the last episode with her breaking down. I think this episode we'll we'll delve into, but I'll well, disagree. I mean, but like between the stuff with her mom and then Duke and how she just completely just walks all over Toby, doesn't give him any consideration whatsoever. We'll get, we'll get on to that, but I could see why Duke and all this ending. You know, their whole the whole thing is culminating in this blowout at Fat Camp, and it's really bothering me. I I cannot stand. A what they're doing ring yeah like <laughs> I, out. I cannot stand what they're doing with Kate but my great I gotta give it to him whoa it's your boy Miguel stop it he's not my boy he's not my <laughs> no, boy no no he's your boy and Mickey. you admitted it your boy you see you're calling him by the pet name that's what Sophie called him and then you've, you've adopted it now <laughs> <laughs> your boy Miguel with Jack we need to get that as a sound effect how's what? Miggy oh yeah <laughs> that's a good idea that's a good idea that whole scene with Jack and Miguel was spectacular, and which is why I could not help but play it at the beginning Correct. of our episode. Um, I mean, the guy's acting was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The way that he delivered this monologue, it was it was w- well written, it was well acted, it was slow, it was measured. It re- you actually understood why they were getting divorced, and divorce is not a good thing. And I mean. It's it's not a good thing, and and what what results in divorce, what happens, why people feel the need to get divorced is not something that you would wish on anybody. But when you hear the story and you understand where he's coming from, you get it. You, you're like you just you stopped noticing each other, mm-hmm. and that is terrible. 
But the real thing that I really loved about this conversation was the lighting. And this, again, is something that This Is Us really excels at, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, when they're having this conversation, if you notice, if you notice the way that it's shot, it's shot camera A, camera B, over the shoulder, left and right. And it's a good confrontational shot between Jack and, and Miguel. But the lighting here is really spectacular because as Miguel is talking, you see half of his face lit and half of his face in Ooh. dark. And it's all jagged. There's, there's not a clean line. There's, it's, it's just, it's, it's totally conflicted. The whole picture of Miguel. Whereas Jack is fully lit. He is clear. He is not in shadow. He is understanding of what he is doing and what he needs to do. Where as Miguel is both in the dark and in the light and not clear on what he is and what he needs to do for his marriage. So it's good visual storytelling. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to rewatch it with that. So I like that. that yeah. That's that's what that's where I'm at. My love. Um, what do you think? Okay, let's break this episode down into the couples because really, you know, we, we last time we talked about the big three mm-hmm. and of course, Jack and Rebecca play a big role in this. Let's just, let's get the icky yicky out of the way. Okay, what Kate, do you got? Kate and this love triangle that does not need to belong here. Oh. You know, you jumped into it a lot of it. I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings because how long has Toby been in New York? <laughs> We talked about this in the last episode. Like he had the heart attack when he uh, when it was Christmas. It takes a long time uh, to recover from it, and he's been recovering. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that both Je- uh, both Toby and Kate are fiscally okay at this point. Right. All the credit card bills, all the credit card debt. Dave Ramsey would not be proud. What would Dave Ramsey do? He would not go to fat camp. No. Um, so, but Dave Ramsey would make his own fat camp. <laughs> so he, so Toby just shows up out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Shows up, and the thing is, is with all these kind of camps, you know, this is really strict. This is super strict stuff. So, mm-hmm. at first when he showed up, I thought he signed up to be there like full on out like right. I'll get healthy too I'm in this with you um, instead it was just a cute little gesture but I could also see how it kind of could have been a little annoying like mm-hmm. I can see how Kate was like you're messing up my flow and then she caught herself and I like that they did catch that on camera you know that that was written in the script because we all do that where you have something planned and then a person you really care for comes in and messes up that plan and you're like oh, never mind thank you thank you thank you for coming <laughs> um, but you know Poor Toby, because he's just stuck in New York. He's aching. He's hurting. He's got his grandma's ring, shows up, and then Duke. The dink. The dink. Does, (laughs) just says, oh, yeah, Kate, I'm not going to bring that up. This is awkward. And then Kate's just not too pleased with Toby being there. So I'm just feeling all sorts of, of, of sadness. I'm not disgusted by Kate. I think Kate is going through a lot. And in addition, this is still a relatively new relationship. A lot of big things going on. She probably never thought she'd have a love like this. She's trying to clear up some stuff with the other main man in her life Mm -hmm. who is her father. And so I can understand that she is not thinking straight. She's probably very hungry and tired after that 10 mile hike. (laughs) I don't, I don't personally think that Duke has anything to do with the way she's acting. I just think she was in a place where she felt like she could safely start to dig up the, uh, the, you know, the skeletons in her graveyard. And then Toby came in and she's like, shoot, 
I'm not prepared to be on my best behavior. I'm not prepared to be nice. I'm digging. I'm digging up some pretty serious. We're, we're crap. draining the swamp here. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and Toby shows up. God love him. But in those in those light up shoes, and yes, acting a little bit like a jackass. Like I'm not gonna watch your mouth. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he didn't. You know, it, listen. <laughs> we've watched this episode now three times, and each time he made the Def Leppard joke, <laughs> I laughed. And I'm still laughing about it, thinking <laughs> about, oh, man. For those of you who don't know, the drummer for Def Leppard lost his arm in in, a, in an accident. He went off the road, and he lost it, and he still continued to play the drums afterwards. Yeah. They had to design a whole special drum kit just for the, <laughs> just for the drummer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, listen, I, I understand. But can we please, can we please just call shenanigans on the ending of the episode can we can we just do that? I mean, honestly, like the, the oh god, the faux drama is killing yeah, me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all set with this Kate plotline of craziness. You and know? then Duke and the whole thing and like intentionally causing problems. Yeah. I've 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 had it. I'm all set with I've that part. It. I'm I'm ready to move on from this. And like I said, Kate is becoming borderline unlikable. I'm disagreeing completely. I think she was a little unlikable in this particular episode, but I think she's, as I said, draining the swamp. So I'm giving some leeway because I know when I'm going through emotional stuff, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to be in a chipper chatty mood. Okay? Leave me alone, Toby, in your light up shoes. I need a couple days to digest (laughs) and do some yoga. Can we we also talk about real quick about how, like you've, you've brought it up a little bit, but how do they afford this like what happens? What what's happened to her jobs? Yeah. Is she working? Is she not working? Is is Toby working? How is he affording? To... I mean, maybe Toby's on medical leave. Okay, I, I, could, I, I could see that. I don't know. But this is just and I. You know, one more thing I need to point out. Okay. They always wear makeup in this show, and it's one thing that gets me, even when it's nighttime. Yep. Mandy Moore. Please, please, you don't, you're so beautiful. You don't need to wear makeup at nighttime. But Kate's always wearing makeup. And I'm like, God bless Kate. God bless Kate wearing that makeup while she's running on on um, that 10 mile hike. God bless her. But yeah, the money thing. It, this is just one of the things where you have to remind yourself this is fiction. Mm-hmm. It's okay if they're not working forever. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with Kevin. Uh, is the show going on? We don't really know. We have no idea what's going on with Kevin and his show. And he, yeah, possibly, he's just meandering about. You know, going after Sophie. So let's let's jump into Kevin and Sophie. We find out what actually happened that Kevin cheated on Sophie. Yeah, you could probably see that one coming a mile away. Kind of, but like, what stinks is that so much of this episode, you're like, Kevin, you're such a great guy. I mean, he was what he was. My good and my good bad great. Right. Do, Paying attention to all these little things, and then oh yeah, he cheated on his wife, aka Oops. the woman that he dated since he was like twelve. What's going on, <laughs> Kevin? Oh, I loved goodness. how she just threw that at him, though. You know, pick up where we left off. Oh, where we left off? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was with you cheating on me yep. and everything. And listen, those long distance relationships, especially, especially when it comes to, um. Hollywood and that whole scene and what goes on in that scene, um, it, it's you're you're just bound for disaster. Everybody's DTF in Hollywood. Yes, all of them are all DTF. And but I, I'm again, I, I can't reiterate this enough. I'm happy. I am more than happy to to 
except for the fact that Sophie is coming back into Kevin's life. And the whole thing with the lava fries and how we, how we knew what to do and begging and just begging her to talk to him and not wanting to get in the way. It seems like a good plan going forward, although I do wonder, and I was, I was going back and forth with some of our listeners about this, I wonder how long we have with Sophie. Ooh. I wonder how long we have with Sophie because there's just too much. Well, I will tell you this. If Sophie doesn't stay in the picture, it's going to be great for Kevin's character in this play with a dead wife. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like not seeing the person he loves. I've been thinking about this because if he does go back with Sloan and acts out this thing, he really can now pull from his love with Sophie, oh this God. unrequited love. I'm so, I'm so, so over Sloan. <laughs> oh my God. Sloan's going to be so mad. I'm so Sloan's going to be so mad. I, I, but I, I don't know how long we have with Sophie. And I say that because there's just too much history there. And I'm again. I'm happy that she came back at the end of the episode where she wanted to come back and you know have breakfast with them or was it lunch? I forget what it was. But she shows up there and you know he's all happy and everything seems hunky dory. There's just a lot of history there, and I think, I think what will happen in my opinion is this: we're going to have Sophie for the rest of the season. Okay, that's going to carry us into season two, and then all of a sudden something's going to happen in season two where. Sophie ain't around no more, and we we're gonna have a different a, a, a different girl. Ooh, something is gonna happen where Sophie has to move, or Kevin is moving, or whatever. They can stay friends. I think they're gonna suffer the same fate. Will he keep his fake Facebook account? That is the question. Oh, creepy. <laughs> totally creepy, and I kind of love it. <laughs> it's one more way that I'm like, ooh, Kevin is like me. <laughs> oh, God. I actually would not do that. Oh, my God. I wouldn't good- do that. Oh, my goodness. I love that he was like actually a Facebook friend that she knew the name and like conversations. That's a little yeah, like they, They've obviously conversed. They're catfishy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, Jack and Rebecca. You know, I was talking oh. about how I want to talk the big three, but also Jack and Rebecca. Um, I loved seeing, you know, the, the pretty much boring relationship that they had before going out to dinner with Miguel. Sure. And I, you know, it's so easy for people to just get into the routine, especially when the kids are in play and they're just trying to get through their day-to-day stuff, getting ready for dinner. I loved seeing them laugh at dinner. I was a little nervous that things were tense things did get tense when Rebecca talked about the band you know right. and that's when she and Jack let go of hands but I did like to see that there was a little bit of laughter I thought okay they're having a good date and then you could see that the band is a little prickly point oh yeah that's that's not good oh prickly point of course it's a prickly point because that's what's brought up at the end you know is that hey guess what my band's going on tour <laughs> band's and I kind of want to go and I, but that's her truth that's her truth, and that's kind of what stinks. Is that it's not like she has babies at home, and um, they're teenagers at they're, this point. They're teenagers, and this is something that she put on hold. You have to, you know, while raising three sure. babies, sure. and now this this is what she loves to do. This is what she is good at. Right. So I'm going to be really interested to see what happens going forward if Jack does fully support Rebecca in her dream right now. Even though it means he's going to have to, but the kids are teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, he can obviously take care of the kids for a couple of weeks while she goes on tour, but also having that faith in that relationship. But I feel like men in this day, that this time uh, that this show takes place, but also even now, yep. um, go for work trips, like all the bloody time. So yep. many of my friends, husbands especially, are the ones who are traveling. 
weeks for work. A week、mm-hmm. here, week there, week here, week there. And,、uh, you know, I saw this and I saw、uh, Rebecca ask this or tell Jack, you know, and I want to go. And I thought, I really hope he says yes. I, re- I don't. I hope he says yes, and then she says, never mind, I don't want to go anymore. But I hope he supports her that if she wants to go, he would support and say, yes, go for it. I've got a feeling they will. I, I, I've got a feeling that he will.、Um, and then something will happen on the trip, which will make Jack think, oh, this was a bad idea. <laughs> This was a bad idea. And, and the reason why I think that they will do that is because they bookended this episode with their marriage、mm-hmm. and then them going back to their apartment with the, with the lights and then having that whole thing happen. And even Rebecca talking to the, to the bandmate, the guy from True Blood, who was the dog and the bartender,、uh, telling him that my husband is a freaking superhero. And if he loves me, what are you talking about if he loves me? The guy does everything. So, next time you want to reference my relationship, just don't. I loved it. I loved that. That、yes. was like, I thought that was Mary Larson,、oh. like all the way. Yes. <laughs>、uh, I thought that was great. And because of all those things, I think Jack will support it. I agree.、Um, and I'm, I'm very happy that Rebecca turned down this guy. So, we don't have to worry about. You know, is like Rebecca and this jabroni who was in True Blood gonna have this relationship outside of is she gonna cheat on him? And that's why maybe they're not together and blah blah. Like, no, that's all gonna be out the window, in my opinion. I don't think that's I don't think that's happening at all. At all. Speaking out the window. Okay. Oh, William. It's not gonna be here much longer, my friend. Not gonna be here much longer. And I. Really liked the writer's take on how Randall is handling this. Right. Well, Randall, what do you mean? What do you mean?、Uh, Randall is fraying at the ends. Randall, who is always so put together. Randall,、mm-hmm. who is on top of his A game. Randall, who is on top of his shape, on top of his work life.、Uh, was a, even, an amazing student forever. Randall, who always has, as you even said, like kept the traditions life, did everything perfectly.、Mm-hmm. He is now not, and it is coming apart at work.、Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of like in, in movies and shows when a woman is going through a lot of stuff, and、uh, yesterday's mascara is today's eyeliner. You know, it's just like hot mess express, <laughs> you know, like messy bun. You know what I'm talking about?、Yes, like in that movie、is. Bride Wars and Kate Hudson, and she starts、oh. to fall apart because her emotional life isn't doing so well, and、uh-huh. she used to be super perfect. I like that I'm seeing now the male equivalent of that. <laughs> Bam! Just like that. A you just brought in a Bride Wars reference. <laughs> that is awesome. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Like, I just feel like you don't get to see men emotionally unravel and see how it affects their daily, day to day life.、Mm-hmm. And now you get to see how this is, this is real. This is real. And what stinks is Randall wants to tell his boss what's going on. Right. He really, he says, if you just knew, if you just knew what was going on, and his boss doesn't even give him a second.、Mm-hmm. And part of me wanted to say, Randall, just no, pull that guy aside and say, listen, bro, just give me a moment. Let, let, me, let me give you a two minute synopsis of what's going on here.、Yeah. But he doesn't. He, and Randall also thinks he's still the strong man that he's always been. He's got he it under power control. through it.、Yeah. Yes. And smirky Slytherin Sanjay. <laughs> Sorry. You're a wizard, Harry. Just. Can see him, can see that he's weak and he's ready to bite, <laughs> ready to sink his slithering teeth into him. You know, Beth, 
trying to keep it all together for the whole family. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff, man. I hope Beth is going out for Massage Envy subscription <laughs> massages because she honestly, she is not fraying that we can see, but she's trying to keep her family together, keep the kids together as they're about to do this transition of death, keep William together, keep her husband together because she does not know what's about to happen, but she does see the warning signs. And we saw that sign with Randall with his hand right. shaking at the that end. That was great. And that, to me, is fantastic planning by the showrunner um because you know that is something that they again as i mentioned earlier in in this episode beth mentions this at the beginning of the season where hey man there were times when he wasn't like right Mm -hmm. early in our in our marriage um, he wasn't sleeping. It's because of his pursuit of perfection. And, you know, we have this great thing with, Rebe- with Rebecca and Jack affirming that love is enough. You fight for what you do. That is that. Yeah. You become a soulmate and you marry and you stay that way till you die. But sometimes that isn't enough necessarily for marriage. Sometimes other things do come into play, and that is what ha- is happening right now with Randall, which, which again is great writing and great planning, setting up the viewers to fall in love with Beth and Randall, the couple, something that I have fallen victim to. Amen. Amen. Yes, you know, Randall is my binky. <laughs> He's totally my binky. And everything about their relationship whose foundation is built on themselves and no one else. It's like their house they rebuilt together, yep. which they couldn't afford, by the way, but they took a risk mm-hmm. and they did it and they built their family on it. They built their house on it. They built their marriage on it. Everything is there. And perhaps the writers are going to tear it all down, both figuratively and, and, and literally here, with the addition of an unseen force like his birth father and his subsequent death it's that grief it's that inability to let go Mm -hmm. that may put randall and beth in a place that we may not like as viewers and i think that is fantastic writing it's great planning it's a great arc because it's real right it's a great real right so people handle grief in different ways people handle stress in different ways and you're right it's very um fantastic writing because it's real and we're all able to kind of pick little bits of this and say I might react like that or maybe someone I know reacted like that right I mean I mean missing the the whole or at least wanting to miss the whole uh chess match I, I mean it's just oh man I <laughs> you, you would think that Randall of all people would understand what family is and you you can't miss out on these things and he's almost walking in his father's footsteps you know Mm -hmm. like he wants to do the right thing and his dad did everything he could as rebecca said to be at every football game you would think that randall would do the same and Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is and instead he's wearing this weird shirt purple shimmery shirt that even you called out in the beginning oh my gosh i was like what is that shirt i I love beth being like man it wasn't cool then it definitely ain't cool now so take that thing off (laughs) i love it so i I, uh, do you have any um 
Final thoughts on this episode. Just you see all these plot points, they're starting to really spark and some things are gonna blow up, some things are gonna die on out, and I cannot wait to get to the next episode. Like I wanna literally end this podcast and go watch the next episode. But right that's now. exactly what we're gonna do. And Perfect. and, and it feel, my final thought is yes, you're right. This is the beginning of the end of this season. You can feel it. I mean, between Kevin and Sophie finding each other, William coming to grips with his death, as well as Beth and her attempts to prepare her kids to grieve and everything, even setting Randall up for a big fall between his one flaw as a man and his apparent slight downturn at work and then Kate doing whatever the hell she's doing with Duke and Toby and all that other stuff and here's the one thing that comes up that keeps coming up Jack constantly mentioning how he's going to love Rebecca till the day he dies it almost feels like a goodbye scene a little bit It, it almost feels like this is something that's happening close to his death. And what I mean is that everything is always at its best right before it comes crashing down when it comes mm-hmm. to writing and good writing. Because that's how you create tension that moves yep. things, that yep. moves the characters as well as your... Um, Story? As well as, as well as your viewers. Ooh, nice. You know, that tension... Is what creates it. And we're starting, I think this is the beginning of the tension uh, that will be the end of season one. Here we for, go. For my, that's for my thought. And uh, oh, by the way, one, another final thing. I wanted to get your opinion on this. Okay. The fact that Sophie knows Miguel as a stepdad. Uh huh. And she said, oh, my husband, my ex husband of 12 years. So that means. I thought they got divorced at 24. Yeah, they they got divorced at 24. So what I'm saying is they got divorced at 24. Yes. Which means how... They're 36 they, now. Right. They must have been married, you know, what, 20, 21, 22? Yeah, sure. Okay. We've posited that Jack dies when they're 15, 16? Ish, yes. Ish. So how quickly does Rebecca move on to Miguel? Probably as quickly as your dad moved on. Right. So... What I'm getting at is, does Rebecca feel the same way about marriage that Jack does? And like, I guess what I'm in the end, what I'm getting at is, how the hell does Miguel end up with Rebecca? That's a that yeah. Like, what happens? Does does she he did, like like he's a little Slytherin at times too, being all slimy. You're a wizard, Harry. You know he's teetering on the Slytherin cart that miggy okay right i agree i'm not too fond of him shacking up with rebecca but we need to find this out and we will we will will. all right you ready to close it out yes all right let's do it so guys i really really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode we know that we're watching it of course late in the game and that some of you are re-watching with us some of you are just listening and reliving the episodes but if you've got your phone in your hand can you do me a huge favor i want you to go to your podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review we haven't gotten one in a little while guys july 1st was the last one yeah so i would love a new one it really would make me so happy just a sentence or two and a little bit of star action five stars (laughs) ideally it would mean the world to us it sounds silly but we're real people so little things like that make a huge difference to us tell a friend about this show post it on facebook make it an instagram or facebook story that you're listening to it a little goes a long way for now i'm mary my name is blake and this is us too
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.